Welcome to the Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. In today's episode, we'll be covering six strategies for how to stick to your goals this year. And even if you lose momentum, we'll give you practical tips for picking it back up. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 229. And now, on with the show. Hey, Brooks. How's it going today? Excellent. How are you? I'm doing well. We're starting 2019 here. And last week, we talked about how to prepare yourself for this upcoming year. And this episode is really about how we can ensure that your rituals your goals are actually going to be a success this year. What are some of the things that you can do and actively work on to make sure that you're sticking to the outcomes that you're looking for? So I'm really excited to dive in today. But before we do, we're going to have our three productivity resources round up here. So over the next 90 seconds, I'm going to give you our top three resources for this podcast episode. And even if you don't finish the whole episode, you at least get some value that you can implement and use right away. So the first resource I want to give you here today is a Mac app called tooth fairy so if you are somebody like me and brooks you use airpods maybe you have a bose qc35 as well and every now and then you switch between devices like using it on the macbook then on your laptop then on your iphone you know what a pain it is to constantly switch and connect those devices well with tooth fairy you just use a keyboard shortcut or you press one button and it'll instantly connect your favorite device so super useful highly recommended The next one is actually a food. So I've been really addicted to this potato chip. It's actually this Quest tortilla style protein chip. And it's the nacho flavor. So if you've ever eaten Doritos, the nacho flavor, and you know how fatty it is, how kind of like unhealthy it is for you and how carb heavy it is for you. Well, this is the protein version of it that is high in protein, low in carb. And it's delicious. I've been eating like two bags a day. No kidding. And it's so good. And it's just high protein, low carb. So if you're into that, highly recommend it. And then the third one is kind of food related as well. This is actually a Von Chef egg electric cooker. If you're somebody like me who doesn't know how to cook, and I haven't cooked in the last, I believe, five years now, almost six years now, I don't know anything when it comes to cooking. I don't know how to survive even. I I barely do. I'm just fortunate that I have meals delivered to me. But the Von Chef egg electric cooker is basically the perfect poached egg maker, and it makes perfect boiled eggs. So if you love doing that, and you love the meal prep, and you like to have the perfect eggs, this is the device to get. So we're going to have all the links to these things in the show notes. So don't worry, they're there for you. And let's move on with the episode today. So Brooks, what are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, so we are going to be talking about how to make those New Year's resolutions. Everybody makes them, not everybody maybe, but a lot of you for sure will make resolutions this year. And what we're going to do is we're going to help give you some strategies and some action items to make sure those resolutions actually stick because I'm sure it's always all happened to you. I'm sure it happens to most people. We make these resolutions. They sound great on December 31st and January 1st, but not so great later once we go on. And I I did some looking into this and Strava, I don't know if you're familiar with the app Strava 10, but for people who run and bike, they're very familiar with this. Strava is a workout 
tracker, distance tracker, that sort of thing. And they actually went to look into their data and found that it's the second Friday of January where people drop off their fitness goals. So people start entering all these workouts at the start of the year. And then by the second Friday of January, pretty much every year, that's when the workouts start to drop off. So this is a very common thing. So we're we're recording this and this this will be released before the second Friday of January. So you have a chance now to make sure that you are not part of this statistic. So let's talk about the three reasons why your New Year's resolutions might not stick. So number one is that in the beginning, there's usually no visible progress. Brooks, I know you're a big proponent of having visibility when it comes to tracking and achieving what you want. So tell me a little bit about what you mean when it comes to having no visibility. Yeah, so the no visible progress is a big one because whatever it is we're starting, whether it's a fitness goal, financial goal, learning something new, the fact is when you start going, you're excited, but it doesn't seem like what you're doing has any effect. So for example, you go to the gym, it seems like you go through all this hassle getting there and maybe some pain, but there isn't any visible benefit. You go, you do it for a few weeks or whatever, and when you weigh yourself or look at yourself, it doesn't seem that different. So that's a big thing. People get discouraged because it seems like they're trying this new thing and they expect there to be results and it doesn't seem like there's any. I can totally relate to that because every time I started to work out the first thing you do is you look at yourself in the in the mirror and you say, oh, well, actually, nothing really changed that much. And then you look at the scale and nothing changed either. And you start to think, oh, man, all this effort that I put into this workout routine, did it actually pay off or not? And I can see how that can be really discouraging. But if you just realize that most of the things in the beginning don't have that visible effect, you just have to realize that as long as you trust the process, which will be a recurring theme as we go through this podcast episode, you'll start to see that, you know what, as long as you stick to it over time, you're going to be okay. Yes. Another example of this is people who start, say, a blog or a podcast. When you start out writing your blog or start out podcasts, usually very few people are reading it. Very few people are listening to it. So it can be really discouraging to to be putting all this work in for it doesn't seem like very big of an audience. So a lot that's when a lot of people get discouraged and it's only after doing it for a while that things start to snowball and then it starts to pick up. A couple of years ago, I decided to save some money and I set a personal financial goal for myself and I just started off with saying, hey, let's try to have six months of expenses in my bank account, in my savings account, right? And I just started off by putting $10 away. But then when I created the separate savings account, I just put $10 away as just as a starting point. And I looked at it and I thought, man, I have like $10 laying on my desk right now. Like this doesn't really move the needle that much. But I just kept saving every single week or every single month. Whenever I had an opportunity to put money aside, I would just put it away. And then over time, a couple of years later, I do have six months of savings now. I do have extra emergency funds now. I do have money in retirement and all these other savings accounts. And now when I look back a couple of years later, I'm so happy that I did that. And all these little things that I did over time really added to a lot. And then you add compound of interest to that. And it just adds and adds and adds. And this is something I'm trying to tell my younger brothers as well. They're now in their early 20s. And I say, hey, 
knowing what I know now and being your big brother, put some money away right now. Every time you get some money, just put it away because you're going to be thanking yourself later. So I wish I had done that earlier, but also just realizing that, you know what, those $10 initially don't make that big of a difference. That's okay. Just trust the process. Yep. Stick with it. And over time, whatever it is that you're doing will snowball and you will start to see those results. But it, it's it's kind of like a hockey stick, right? It's flat for a while and then eventually it will start going up if you trust the process. So that's number one. The number one reason why resolutions don't stick, there is very little visible progress at first. So number two is that it can be very uncomfortable. Oftentimes in the early stages when we try to pick up a new habit or we're trying to accomplish something we've never done before, it could be a little bit unpleasant in the beginning. You're trying to learn something new. It could be really frustrating. It could be very challenging. It could be mentally very taxing. And if you just know that it's going to be a little bit worse before it gets better, then you're going to be ahead of the game. But if you have super high expectations and you think everything's going to change right away and everything is going to feel good and be good, well, you're going to be surprised. Most of the time, things get a little worse before it gets better. So if you just understand that concept, you'll start to see that most things you want to set out to achieve are actually going to be very doable. Just realize that the beginning is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, the, again, going back to the fitness example, because it's the, most, it's the one that springs to mind right away, Anyone who's gone started a, a workout routine and maybe done stuff like squats and stuff like that, it's okay when you're doing it that first time, but later that night or the next day, you're just like, oh man, you can barely walk up and down the stairs. My wife would always laugh at me if I had taken a while off and then started going back because she can see me like hobbling up or down the stairs. And so you think to yourself, man, is this really worth it? I have a goal. This year, we talked about in the last podcast, one of my goals this year is to learn the guitar. And one thing about learning the guitar is it tends to really hurt your fingers at the very beginning. Anyone who plays guitar is probably familiar with this. So you think to yourself, if I do this, I'm going to be in pain. If I skip it, I get relief from the pain. So it just becomes very easy to make that decision to skip it. And there you go. You skip it a few times in a row and your resolution goes out the window. Yes. And one of the things I've observed from just studying a lot of professional athletes and just seeing how they approach, quote unquote, the process. And I'm not talking about the 76ers here for those who are NBA fans among the, the listeners here. But I'm talking about whenever you start something new, you go on this journey and one of the things I've realized, all of them talk about trust the process. Just trust the process. No matter how well it is going, how bad it is going, just trust the process. And there's a reason you chose to set out to accomplish this goal. There's a reason you wanted to achieve this particular thing, right? And if you just realize that, okay, there's going to be a little bit of a setback in the beginning, then it's going to be a lot easier once you encounter it and then overcome it. And just realizing that, hey, most things you set out to achieve are gonna be a little bit slow in the beginning. Maybe there's not a lot of progress like we just talked about in the beginning where it is not very visible. Just realizing that it gets a little worse before it gets a little better. Just having that mindset is actually very freeing because now you start to realize that, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect from the beginning. Nothing is gonna be like a hockey stick right away where you're gonna have this insane growth in the beginning. It's gonna happen over time. And 
if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that consistency of showing up is half the game, right? Just showing up to the gym, showing up to write, showing up for work, showing up to do whatever you want to do is half the battle. So if you can do that, you are way ahead of everybody else. And we talked a little bit about that in the previous episode, but we're going to be talking a lot more about that today. Just, just the fact that if you show up, you're going to be way ahead of everybody else. And that's just half the battle that you have to like overcome. So just keep that in mind as you listen to throughout the rest of this episode, because you'll see this pattern appear over and over and over again, right? Now, that doesn't mean that when this is number three here, number three here is something comes up. Every time we set out to do something, life will just throw us curveballs. There's always something standing in our way. And I know, Brooks, every time you try to do something when it comes to operationally wise at Asian efficiency, or we're trying to achieve a goal here, there's always something coming up. There's, not, there's stuff that we just cannot predict. So tell me a little bit about your experience with this. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you might be have all the commitment to your resolution. You might be thinking, all right, I'm taking consistent action, but something just comes up. You know, you've got a family vacation or you, well, an example for me is I had decided I wanted to start running again and I've kind of started and stopped over the years. And I thought, all right, I'm going to do it. So then this happened last year and I started it pretty close to winter, which A, was not, not smart, but in Vancouver, it doesn't really snow that much, so it's okay. Except I also started it right before a family trip to New York to visit my brother. He lives in the Hudson Valley. And so I took all my running stuff. I'm ready to go. And then it started snowing like crazy, which I was still going to do it. But then I was helping push a neighbor's car out of the snow and I slipped and smashed up my knee. So, so just these little things happen or you're working on, on some sort of goal and your hard drive crashes. So whatever your resolution is going to be, there's a, at least 20 things that can come up that can totally derail it. And you just have to know that that's going to happen. I had a minor goal this year for my personal fitness and guess what happened? I had surgery on my shoulder. Well, guess what happened then? I couldn't work out for roughly four or five months or so. And that was tough. And this is what I mean. Life is just imperfect. Stuff happens all the time. Something will come up. And when you look over the long haul, when you look at your overall life, really like two or three month delay, does that really make that big of a difference? Not really, right? So if you just expect that life is going to be imperfect and something actually does happen where it throws you off, just be okay with it. And just realize that stuff will happen. Like family comes up. Maybe there's a health issue. Financially, something might happen. You might lose your job or something. Or the economy just tanks. Or you get sick. You get hurt, right? Like in Brooks' situation, life is imperfect. Stuff will happen. We will talk about how you can plan for some of these things. But there are just so many things you cannot plan for. So just realize that stuff will always come up. And be okay with the fact that things might get delayed a little bit. And so if you really want to hit a goal by a certain date, yes, you know, that is motivating and there's a timer, kind of like a deadline associated and that will usually push a lot of people to move a little bit faster, have a sense of urgency and that's all good, but also realize that, hey, you know, in the grand scheme of things, whether you achieve it by March 1st or April 2nd, in the grand scheme of things, that usually doesn't make that big of a difference. So life is imperfect. Just accept that 
and just be okay with the fact that, you know, things might slow down at some point. Yeah. I saw this thread in a fitness group of all things on Facebook. And uh, it was a perfect example of this where someone was saying, he was saying, oh, that's it. I'm starting this new routine, et cetera, et cetera. But then he, he thought, oh, but it's, I just realized it's right before the holiday. So maybe I should wait until January 1st. And a bunch of people chimed in and I, some of the responses were pretty funny. I would share the, some screenshots in the show notes, but there's a lot of profanity, so I won't. But basically people were saying, no, that's not that, that sort of attitude that, oh, I will just wait until after X. That attitude guarantees that you will always find a reason to delay taking action on your goals. So even if you know that something is going to come up later, still start right now. Just know you might get a bit of a speed bump around the holidays, whatever, but start now and then just restart once that speed bumps over. It's better than waiting. So number four is we want to avoid relying on willpower. Willpower does not work when it comes to long-term results because you just don't have most things under your control and it's a very unreliable way or it's a very unreliable way to get certain outcomes that you're looking for. So we have a whole podcast episode about this. It's episode 203 that you can listen to and we go in detail why you don't want to rely on willpower. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go to theproductivityshow.com slash 203 and you'll be able to dive into that right away. And we also have a blog post about this and we'll link to it in the show notes as well. But the whole idea of willpower is just not that great. It's great for like very short-term quick stuff that you need to get done. Like, hey, okay, I'm procrastinating right now. I really need to finish this by tonight. Okay, let's let's use some of that willpower that we have inside of us to kind of like move it and get stuff done. But if you really want to achieve big things in life, just relying on willpower alone is really not that good. Yeah. And it's all about creating those systems and setting up some sort of accountability, uh, which all of this we're going to talk about in a second, because... Now we've talked about some of the reasons why our New Year's resolutions don't stick. Now it's time to talk about how we're going to make them stick for 2019. So all of you listening, you know, say it with me right now. This year is going to be different. It does not matter if you've had the same resolutions for the same last five years. This year is the year that you are going to actually make it stick. So the first thing you want to do is, and we're going to get into those six ways in a second, but the first thing you want to do when you're picking your resolutions is you want to think about why is it that you're making these resolutions? Because a lot of times we hear resolutions and we feel like, oh, that's, that's something I should do, or a bunch of other people have these resolutions, so it should be my resolution too. It's, the resolutions are almost aspirational, but why is it that, that you want to have this resolution? And maybe you'll find out it's not something that really works for you. So we have an article about goal setting and goal getting and having a why. So we'll link to that in the show notes. So let's talk about the six ways to make your New Year's resolution stick. And these, again, are going to be simple and actionable, something that you can always expect from Asian efficiency. So number one is know what you're getting yourself into. Brooks, tell me a little bit about what you mean with this. Yeah. So we talked about one of the reasons that resolutions fall apart is because something always comes up. So number one is know ahead of time what you expect to happen. So for example, giving the example I said earlier about, you know, your fingers hurting when you play guitar. 
if you have a resolution to play guitar or a goal to play guitar, you should know that that is something that's going to happen. And if you know that, then when it starts happening, you can, you can just think to yourself, oh, it's just part of the process. It's just, it's just something, a speed bump that I need to get through in order to move forward. Same thing with what we talked about earlier about no visible progress or discomfort. If you know that this is going to happen, then you just think, oh, okay, well, it's just something I need to go through. And now it's not going to stop me from my resolution. And the other thing is the example I gave earlier with exercising or maybe starting a new eating routine or something like that. Knowing that the holidays are coming up, maybe you think to yourself, okay, this is going to happen. I will have the speed bump, but it's not going to derail me. So look ahead of what's coming up so that you know to work your your goals and resolutions around those roadblocks. I know some of you listening right now, you might be saying, well, Brooks, I don't always know what I'm getting myself into. I'm just starting this thing. Like, how do I account for everything that might be coming up? And the reality is you cannot always plan for everything, right? You don't know every single contingency that you might need. There's not always a perfect plan for everything. And that is totally normal. I, I have tons of stories and experiences with this myself. So for example, when I set out to kind of like systematize Asian efficiency and I said, hey, I really want to take some time off this year and I want to be able to take, let's say, a three-week vacation and just completely disconnect, not do anything and just make sure that everything keeps running. I said to myself, okay, what are some of all the things that could go wrong? Let's make sure I address those things before I leave, right? So I created a great plan and I said to myself, okay, I know these things might be coming up, so let's make sure we have an backup plan, an emergency plan, and like everybody has this phone number, everybody has this contact person, if something goes wrong, like, you know, there's all this stuff laid out, right? So I go on vacation to Tokyo, have an amazing time, and then all of a sudden I get this hip chat message from Brooks. He says, Tan, we need to renew this domain name, but it's it's tied to your phone number. There's like two-factor authentication set up and we can't do it. You need to do this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot we actually had this. So as much as I planned for stuff and that did work in my favor because I was able to really enjoy my trip for the most part until this incident came up, which is really in the grand scheme of things, like very small. But the fact that, you know, I didn't know that this was even possible showed me that, okay, life is going to be imperfect. Stuff will come up, right? I don't know what I'm going to get myself into all the times, but I can plan for it at least. And just the fact that you're planning for that is really where the value lies. And just trying to think one or two or three steps ahead is really valuable. And an easy way to do that is to just visualize yourself doing it. So for example, if I ask you to visualize to draw a motorcycle right now on the piece of paper, if you can't visualize yourself doing it, guess what? You'll start to see that you cannot actually do it for the most part. And so by visualizing what you're trying to accomplish and how are you going to do it, it's kind of a shortcut for you to test yourself. Okay, where am I stuck? What's the roadblock for me? What are some of the things that I can't do or don't know how to do? Okay, now let's take that and address some of these things. Oh, that's a great tip about visualizing. I never really thought of it. A lot of times we just jump into starting to take action on something, but just taking a little bit of time visualizing it will show you pretty much right away what red flags you're going to hit before you hit them. I like that a lot. I make that part of my morning ritual as well, where 
if I know what I'm trying to do that day and I'm trying to visualize my perfect day, if I can't visualize my perfect day, I know there's a roadblock somewhere. And that's then the perfect time to say, okay, let's get out of this uh, meditation thing. Let's figure out this roadblock that I'm having right now. Let's address that so that I can then continue the rest of my day. So it's just a really quick mental hack to kind of figure out what you need to do, potentially get slowed down and kind of avoid that. So yeah, so let's move on to number two here. So it's the whole idea here of focusing on one resolution at a time. If you listen to the previous episode, we talked about how you really don't want to have multiple goals, have multiple resolutions. That's a terrible idea. And trust me, been there, done that. No matter how optimistic I am, being able to do four or five different things, it just never works out. So hopefully we can short that process for you just a little bit by saying, hey, just focus on one thing at a time here. Yeah, and we're not saying do only one thing for the whole year. I think that's that's something that people might hear that the wrong way. It's not so much that. It's, okay, what is your big resolution that you're going to do? Focus on that. Once you accomplish it, if you do, then sure, go go ahead and start focusing on the next thing. But trying to spread yourself too thin. We talked about this in the last episode. Like I mentioned, I looked back on this old goal sheet I had from years and years ago, and it was and it was basically a few things green and a lot of things red because I spread myself too thin. And I think that comes up a lot for people. And we have an article called The Life-Changing Power of Finding Your One Thing. We'll put a, a show note, a link to that in the show notes. I think that article will really help you out as you're, as you're building these one goals. And this is a hard lesson we had to learn at Asian Efficiency. Every time we do quarterly planning and we sit in a room and we go, yeah, we can totally do these three things or we can totally do these four things. And then one week into the quarter, we go, oh, Tan, remember, remember what we are talking about these three goals? Well, actually, we can only do one of them realistically. And then I scratch my head and go, oh my gosh, here we go again. And this has repeated itself like three or four times. So now going forward, no matter how good we are, no matter how optimized we are, how efficient we are, we still had to learn this lesson the hard way. We can really only do one thing at a time. And what really stuck with me when I was reflecting on this and reviewing our quarterly goals and my personal goals is the whole idea of one goal accomplished is more valuable than three half done. If you really think about that, one goal can usually be a domino for all the other things in your life, right? So imagine being in amazing shape and having that be your main domino, your main goal your main resolution, how would that change your life? How would that affect all your areas of your life? How would you show up for work? How would you show up for your business? How would you show up for your family? Well, it's going to have a major impact in all these different areas and how you feel, how you present yourself. So by just accomplishing one goal at a time, you're going to be much more uh, accomplished than just having three half done and not really go anywhere. So that was something I had to learn the hard way and especially as a team here as well. Yeah, Alice in the dojo who's who's listening live says strategic imbalance is her favorite phrase now. And yeah, that's that's right. It's you can't try and be good or give equal attention to everything. You've got to focus on one, get that done, and then move on to the next one. So that that's great. Thanks, Alice. All right. Number three, break down the actions that will take you to your goal. We all know that having a goal is great. But it's really the action steps that you need and to finish and complete that will eventually get you to your goal. So just having your goal in mind is really not good enough for you to be able to accomplish it. No matter how 
hard you visualize your goal, no matter how much manifesting you might do in your life, which as you know, we're not a big fan of here at Asian Efficiency, but we'd like to make it simple and practical here. So breaking it down is one of the best things you can do to make sure that you're getting closer to your goal. Because if you can't break down what you're going to be doing, it's really difficult to make progress, to take steps, and also to track and visualize your progress, which is something we'll talk a little bit more later. But the whole idea of, okay, what's the outcome that I'm shooting for? And how do I almost like reverse engineer what I'm doing next is super crucial. And it will avoid a lot of procrastination as well. Yeah. Anytime I'm able to slip a meme into a blog post at Asian Efficiency, it makes me happy. And so in the blog post that we released last week that kind of goes along with this podcast episode, it's it's a meme where it says, shows you how to draw an owl and it basically shows two circles. Step one, draw two circles. Step two, this beautifully drawn, super detailed picture of an owl that says, Step two, draw the damn owl. <laughs> and and it's true. Like what you want to do is there's always a bunch of steps in between where you start and where you finish. And sometimes you don't know all the steps. That's totally fine. But what you want to do is start with the end result. What will it look like when you accomplish your resolution? And then as much as possible, work your way backwards. Like what are those steps that you'll need to take to get there? And if you don't don't know all the steps, that's fine. Because a lot of times you don't know what you need to do until you start taking some actions and that, that's totally fine, but you can at least figure out your end goal and then figure out at least the first few steps that will take you towards your goal and just keep adding. Even if you're say three steps ahead or even two steps ahead from where you are at any one time, that's totally fine. The key is that you want to be always doing those actions and evaluating actions that will take you towards your resolution. Don't just do things because it seems like something you should do. I don't know the steps all the time either. For example, I want to teach a workshop in person for the first time. And guess what? I've never done this before. I've never hosted one myself. I've never really taught in front of people like that in a big classroom setting. And so I'm like, damn, I have all these things I need to do. And I know there's a lot of moving parts involved, but I literally don't know what's coming up. And to somebody else, that might be really simple. And one shortcut would be to talk to somebody who has already done it before and say, hey, I want to do what you've done before. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to keep into account so that I can shortcut the process and make sure that I'm on my way to actually accomplishing it. So that's one thing to consider to help you achieve your goal. But the other thing is if you don't have access to somebody like that, just take one step at a time. So for example, on a high level, I know I want to teach a workshop and what's the first step? Well, maybe I should put a workshop together first and foremost. What about the training materials? What are some of the materials that I'm going to teach? All right, let's start there. All right, I have the materials. What's the next step? Okay, maybe I need to find a venue or something. All right, let's go find a venue. We're going to book a venue, find it, pay for it, yada, yada. Okay, what's next? All right, I have the training materials. I have the venue now, but now I have empty seats. Okay, let's try to fill it up with some seats. All right, um, I got to learn how to market this, how to sell seats and all right, let's go ahead and do that. So I don't know every single step all the time when it comes to achieving certain outcomes. And that's totally fine too. Nobody knows everything, right? So if you do know somebody who has done it before, that's a great way to shortcut the process. But if you don't know, just do it one step at a time. And every single time you go through that, just readjust as you go. And as long as the goal is enticing enough, it will continue to push you to say, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And you just iterate from there. And that's why you'll see 
a lot of productivity systems have like a review process in place because it forces you to adjust as you go, right? Because when you don't, you, you might be going to the wrong destination, you might be way off. And so by having this review process in place that allows you to adjust on the fly and make changes because we wanna make sure you're always on the straight line when it comes to the outcome that you're shooting for. Yeah, Catherine in the dojo, <laughs> she says 99.9% of her problems are not being able to see the end result, which I think a lot of people can identify with. But she gives a good tip, which I wasn't familiar with, that Headspace, which is a, a ostensibly a meditation app, has a guided run that focuses on goals. And the guy says, recommit to today. And she says that changed, changed her life. And I, I like that, recommit today. That's, a, that's actually a pretty good thing if you want to put it on like a desktop wall, wallpaper on your computer or something like that to always remind you to, no matter what's happened throughout the rest of the day, we can recommit and we can get refocused at any time. That's great. Number four, create rituals that will support that goal. So we talked a little bit about having a goal, creating the action steps. Now, what we want to discuss is really how do you take those action steps and turn it into almost like a routine where it becomes part of your life, part of your lifestyle. It just comes natural to you. you do it day in, day out, every single week, and it just becomes a natural part of what you do. So that is really about how do you create these action steps into rituals, as we like to call them. And a ritual, as we define it, is basically very specific and is outcome driven, right? So we want to make sure that we create these action steps that we have and turn them into routines and rituals that we basically repeat without even thinking about it. And we just execute on them. Because when we do that, that's when we talked about in the previous episode about marrying the system with the calendar. Well, that's the big chunk of this, right? So making sure that we create these quote unquote systems in, in our lives so that we can execute on them and just run them. And then every time we do that, we get a little bit closer to our goal. So a simple example of this is a couple of years ago, or actually many years ago, I wanted to create a daily journaling habit. Right? So I want to journal every single day to, one, kind of learn how to reflect, also to de-stress and just have something fun that I can look at a little bit later. Little did I know how beneficial it would be for all these other things like having an annual review, which we talked about in another episode, and so on. So I said to myself, okay, I want to journal on a daily basis. What do I need to do? And I, I start sit down and think, and I said, okay, how do I make this easy? Well, in order for something to be easy for me, it has to be fun. It has to be enjoyable because if it's fun and enjoyable, then it's going to become easy to me. So for me to journal, I said, okay, I want to use my favorite pen, which is this beautiful Mont Blanc pen that I got gifted by somebody. And then I said, okay, what am I going to write on? Like if I just use sheets of paper, it's going to be a mess. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be organized. So I brought a really nice letter bound moleskin. And I said, okay, if I have this, then I have the tools that I really enjoy using. And I'm, I'm actually going to enjoy this whole process. So I got these things and it really made it really simple for me just to journal and get stuff done. And once I put it on my calendar where I just said to myself, okay, I'm going to commit to this every single day at eight o'clock at night for roughly five minutes because five minutes is the calendar minimum <laughs> that I needed, even though I was just answering one question, but I just needed five minutes on my calendar to say, hey, I'm gonna journal at this time. That, that is all I needed. And that was a ritual for me. And in reality, I really just needed two minutes, but five, five minutes was the minimum. And I just asked myself one question, what did I learn today? And I just wrote every single day what I 
learned that particular day. And as I was doing that on a consistent basis, after a couple of weeks or so, I said, okay, what are some other questions I can introduce now? Because it became a normal part of my life now. I was not even thinking about it. Eight o'clock would just show up and I say, oh, it's time to journal. Let's, let's just go ahead and do this. And I want you to think about your particular outcome. What is something that you want to accomplish and what kind of rituals do you need to incorporate into your life to make sure that you're hitting that outcome? Yeah, we've done a lot of talking about rituals and habits over the years in the blog and the podcast. The most recent is TPS 217, where we talked to James Clear, author of Atomic Habits. So definitely check that episode out. And I kind of had a similar story in that I also wanted to implement a daily habit. So for me, I wanted to implement a daily reading habit. I felt that I wasn't reading. Well, at the time, this was years ago, but at the time I, I wasn't reading as much as I used to. So I wanted to change that. So I did what I now know is considered uh, habit stacking, where what I did is I would always read when I get home from the gym or from my morning walk, which is something I do every single morning, one of those two things. And so, of course, I woke up a little bit earlier to make this happen. So I knew whenever I walk in from the gym or from my walk, I head straight to the sofa and I... I set it all up so that I, this is kind of nerdy, but this is the sort of thing that I do. I even set up a home kit automation so that if I arrive home before 7 a.m., which I would only do if I was going to the gym or going for my walk, uh, the light beside my sofa would automatically turn on to a certain brightness. And I always have my Kindle or the book I'm reading sitting right beside the sofa waiting for me. And so I just walk straight in the door, head straight to the sofa, and then just read right away. And of course, Sometimes, occasionally, things come up where maybe I have to miss it or whatever. But because it's become such so routine, I always make up for it later. So if I can't do it that morning, I'll do it in the evening. Or for whatever reason, I can't do it that day, I'll always make it up the next day. Because it's become such an ingrained ritual for me that not achieving that goal, which I've been doing for years now, it just it's almost unthinkable. It's just so automatic for me to do it. And so that's, like Tan said, that's where you want to get to. You want to get to this automatic habit where it just becomes something you just don't even think about. And all the things that we talked about up to this point matter, right? So talking about breaking it down into simple action steps, that matters because that makes it a lot easier for you to make it a routine. We talked a little bit about how to focus on just one thing. Well, guess what? If you just focus on one goal, it's a lot easier to just incorporate one particular routine into your life instead of five different ones, right? And we talked a little bit about expecting the worst in the beginning, just being okay with that. And it's just going to be a little bit more difficult. So as you start to see things unfold here over the, the next couple of minutes, you'll start to see that everything kind of like fits together, right? So I just want to make sure your awareness is there as well as we move on to the next point here. So Next point is number five, which is come up with a way to track those rituals. And I'm a big believer of this. Whatever you measure, that will naturally improve. So for example, one of the things I set out to do was systematizing Asian efficiency so that I could take a vacation and be able to step away from the business and have everything run. And one of the measurements that we were uh, tracking was the number of SOPs created. And we said, hey, let's start tracking how many new SOPs would be created every single month? And let's just try to improve it every single month. And guess what happened? Every single month it went up. And the beautiful thing was, it was Brooks who did it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and and for those who don't know, SOPs are standard operating procedures. So what we try to do is we document everything in in the company that we do, so that it's not tied to one person's brain. Anyone theoretically can step in and and do another person's role. So that's that's what we're talking about, and it's worked out really well. And like Chan said, by focusing on that, it just naturally improves. And you hear this a lot from people who are, for example, maybe have a weight loss goal or something like that. It's just the act of tracking calories or tracking what they eat, even if you don't get to the level of calories, just tracking what they eat, just the act of doing that, they start to make better food choices because it's something that they're now paying more attention to. And I have the same thing with fasting. So this is a ritual that I implemented really this year. I've been doing intermittent fasting for the last couple of years now, but I really set out a focus issue to do more 24 hour fast. And I did a 72 hour fast earlier this year for the first time. I also did a a 96 hour fast for the first time. So that's four days. And just the fact that I tracked it on my phone gave me more motivation to one, keep it going to kind of have awareness of where I am. And then three, because I had a streak going on, it, it just continued to motivate me to keep that going for days and days and days and days to come. And now, now that we're into 2019 here, I can probably say that I've pretty much done fasting every single day, at least for 16 hours, sometimes even more on a regular basis. So if I look at my fasting app right now, which is zero, that's my favorite fasting app. So you can look it up in the app store, zero. And over the last seven days, my average is now 19 and a half hours, which I'm really proud of, but it's only because I've been tracking it every single day. And I just have like a small eating window every single day that I try to eat most of my calories in. So just by tracking it brings me awareness to the fact that, okay, I need to track this. Let me press this button, start. It's going to start tracking when the fasting starts. And then when I break my fast, I just tap it again, end it. And then you see this beautiful graph showing. And just by visualizing it as well through the graph, it really motivates me to kind of course correct as I go. And so if I fast, for example, like, 14 hours one day, then I go a little bit longer the next day just to make sure it averages out over time. So these are simple things to consider. Yeah, same for me with meditation. I use uh, the app Calm, but I know Headspace and other apps will do this as well. I mean, aside from the benefits of meditation, which we've talked about in earlier podcast episodes, just for me, that daily tracker in Comma tells you your streak and also your longest streak. That's a very powerful thing. I don't want to I don't want to break that streak, so I always uh, make sure to keep going on that. Now, the biggest roadblock that you'll probably run into is that, again, it's going to be a little bit worse before it gets better, but the tracking in the beginning can be a little bit of a friction point. I remember when I first started tracking everything that I ate, it was just a little bit of a hassle to put everything in my fitness pal, which is the app that I use even to this day. And I was like, oh man, this is so much work. I have to like scan this barcode. I have to like find it if there's no barcode or if I'm measuring something, is, is it 100% accurate? And I realized, you know what? It doesn't have to be 100% accurate. If I'm off by like a couple of grams, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that really <laughs> is not that bad, okay? So at the beginning, it's, it's gonna be a little bit of a friction point for most people, including myself. But if you just get over that hump, again, knowing that you're gonna get into that and expecting that, it's going to get a little worse in the beginning, remember, then you're going to be okay. And if you just take that attitude for most things that you try to set out to achieve, again, you're going to be way ahead of everybody else. So just keep that in mind. All right. Number six is to establish a review. 
So obviously, as you set out to start to achieve your goal, you want to make sure you have points along the way where you kind of check in with yourself. Are you hitting your goal? Are you making progress? Are you moving forward? If you're moving backwards or if you're moving sideways, what do you need to do to course correct? So having a review process in place makes that very useful. So if you follow something like GTD, it has a review process in its place, right? If you do something like the 12-week year, that has that too. And you'll see that most productivity frameworks or systems have some sort of review process in place. And it's there for you, one, to keep yourself accountable, but also two, to make sure that you're course correcting and changing directions and moves as you go so that you're always on the path towards the outcome, right? So if your goal is to go to London, we don't want to end up in Beijing, right? We want to make sure that whatever you do along the way, you're going to end up in London. So whatever goals you have, make sure you schedule in advance, if you can, those review processes in place. And I recommend you put them on your calendar. Once a week is usually good enough. If you're like under high stress, you need to get it done fast, like things have to move super, super fast, then having a daily review is something that's really valuable. And when I've worked with clients who have like very busy jobs, they're under a lot of pressure, they have a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of people involved, they have a lot of things to have to oversee and manage. Doing a review once a week turned out not to be good enough. Most people needed to do a daily review to kind of check in and see where things were at and then reassess from there. And sometimes even twice a day. So if that is you and the one once a week has not been good enough for you, consider doing it once a day. And again, it shouldn't take more than 15 minutes or so. In the beginning, it's going to be a little bit longer. Again, it gets a little worse in the beginning, right? But then over time, you'll speed it up so that 15 minutes a day should be good enough. So we do have an article on the blog about the 12-week year. So if you haven't checked out that blog post yet, be sure to check it out. We'll have a link to it in the show notes so that you can just start implementing it right away. And we actually have a course inside the dojo as well that will show you from A to Z how to implement a 12-week year. So if that sounds appealing, be sure to check that out as well. So what are some of the things that you want to keep in mind when it comes to doing a review? One is look at your goal. Look at your outcome. Look at your resolution. Are you still on pace moving towards that. Two, what do I need to change? What do I need to adjust so that I'm still on track to do that? And then three, what kind of rituals or processes or systems am I missing that I need to introduce? And if you ask yourself these three questions every single time you start your review, you can kind of assess where you are and what you need to change to move forward, right? Other three questions I find really helpful to ask yourself is to say, one, what, I, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? And what do I need to keep doing? And that kind of allows you to reassess as well. So those are just different variations of the same thing, right? But adding that review process in your life will allow you to assess and adjust along the way. So make sure to book it on your calendar. I usually do mine on the Sunday, usually around six o'clock in the evening when I'm usually alone in my home and I can just like in peace, kind of assess where I'm at and just use this time to plan my upcoming week as well. So I'm assessing how my week went, what do I need to change, what do I need to do, introduce in my life, and then say, okay, what do I need to add and let's do that for this upcoming week. And so I'm just adjusting every single week as I go and that allows me to make sure that I'm ultimately achieving my goal. So if you don't have this yet, highly recommend you implement that. So to wrap up this podcast episode here today, I'm going to give you six action steps. Again, everything we do at Asian Efficiency is going to be simple and actionable. So if you 
have some note-taking apps in front of you, take them out right now. Pen and paper, take them out right now. We wanna make sure that we have it ready to go, right? So number one, write a one sentence or one paragraph statement about what your life or business will be like at the end of this year, right? So one sentence or one paragraph, what will it look like by the end of the year? Two, break down the high level actions that you will need to take to bring you to that goal. Again, two is break down the high level actions that you will need to take to bring you to that goal. Number three, what are things you can do every single day or every single week that will help you make progress? Number four, plan out a regular ritual that includes all those regular habits. Number five, set up a way to track those rituals. Again, the more we track, the more we focus on it, the more it improves, right? And then number six, the last step here, put a recurring time on your calendar in one month from now to monitor your progress and make adjustments as needed. And if you feel like you need to check in more often, then maybe do it once a week, but at least do it once a month at a minimum, okay? So that is today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for joining. And thank you, Brooks, for being on today as well. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get things done. You should be able to get everything done in the time you have. That's why we've built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get things done. Take the quiz today. You'll be well on your way to becoming superhuman productive. You can also find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 229. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or a star in Overcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next Productive Monday. Productive Monday.